Welcome to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You know, our purpose is to have fun talking about small business stuff. You know what that stuff is, don't you, Adam? Along the way, we're going to give knowledge and tools to succeed with, with your small business. And whether you're starting new for the first time on something, or some passion of yours, or you've been around for a while, we can help you. We really can. I'm Jack Mancini, and I'm here with my business partner, Adam Sunhalder. That's right, Jack. We will focus on small business stuff each week. It's the best kind of stuff to focus on. Not the kind of stuffing you just finished up last week from Thanksgiving, but other kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna share a lot of the stories that we've we've accumulated not only over our fifteen years together here coaching small companies and our experience of owning and operating twenty twenty companies as well. Uh, there's a lot of good stories and things that. You have to kind of be there to believe. I mean, you, you can't make some of this stuff up. You know, we, we, we talk about it, you know, multiple times during the week that, you know, there's certain things that, that just happen that just, again, you, you can't really make it up. It's just, it's part of being part of a small business. And if you own a company, uh, you, you have a good sense of what we're talking about. You know, these things just kind of happen. And don't worry, you're not alone. It's happened to somebody else too. And there's always ways to, you know, to, seize on those opportunities and make things work, you know, work for you. And so we're here to share that as part of our show here of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And we're glad you're here with us. And we have a great show ready for you today. What do we got for him today, Jack? Okay, we got four segments that we usually uh, try to keep our program around. And the first one of those is a common myth of small business ownership. We're going to explore one of those myths. And we invite you to Call in with your questions. Either you agree, disagree, or you want to add something that uh, might work or just get off your chest. We'd love to have you do that. Second, The second segment is going to be the dirty secret of the week. And the third segment is a how-come question in which uh, I've been pondering since the last Monday that, that we talked on here. And I have an issue that I, I want to talk about. And it's going to be uh, an issue that's preceded by the words, how come this or that exists? And then the fourth segment is our small business success story in which Adam, my, my very able partner here, <laughs> he's going partner, to chronicle yes. one of our, our success, uh, one of our clients that uh, have been successful as many of our clients have through our coaching business maximum value partners. Yeah, as Jack said, we invite you to be part of the show. If you'd like to be on the air with us, we're here live in the studio every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. And you can reach us here in the studio at 440-946-9468. That's 440-946-WINT. Uh, if you're a little bit bashful and don't want to be on the air and you want to email us a question or a thought or how come question or share a story, we'd be happy to read that on the air as well. And you can email us at radio at MaximumVP.com. Very good. And we, we definitely encourage you to do that. One of those choices. You know, most business owners are stuck. They're stuck in a state of how. Uh, what the heck does that mean, stuck in a state of how? You have these how questions that, that you know, come up during the day oftentimes in running your business. And, you know, how do I make a profit plan? How do I get more sales? Uh, how do I find somebody to, to help me out on this or that situation? These, these how questions become endless, and in our coaching experience, Adam and I have been together over 15 years. We have probably answered, I don't know, Adam, easily thousands of how questions. Seems like sometimes we, we answer thousands during one day. But uh, 
you know, lots of how questions. And we love answering them. We love dealing with, with small business owners and helping them get unstuck from that state of how. Yes, we do. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us when we're not here in the studio, you can do that by uh, giving us a call at 877-849-0670. The number again is 877-849-0670. Uh, you check us out online at MaximumVP.com. Or if you're a Facebook kind of person, we have a Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash MaximumVP. All right. <clears throat> Our common myth that we're going to debunk this week. I told them once, so they should get it. Isn't that right? That's I, true. I, That's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I've seen it time again. That's all you got to do, Adam. How Say, many? hey, you go do this and crystal clear. Just, <laughs> just execute it to the, to the letter. Well, you mentioned the, the, the thousand how, you know, how questions we've answered over the, over the years. We, we've probably heard this maybe a thousand times too, right? Well, I already told them this. Right, it's some version of that. I, mean, I, I, I told them that's when they're covering their butt, yeah. B-U-T-T, and they're <laughs> they're uh, they're embarrassed because uh, whatever they they were in charge of didn't get done because the team didn't deliver. Right, and they're saying, "Oh, I told them once." I told them multiple times. We're, we, you know, we'll, we'll hear that too. I've told them numerous times over time, and they can't feed it back. And it could be everything from what you'd like them to do on a certain project to where the company's going. To where you see them as part of the, you know, as part of the company. There's a lot of things that you can tell your team, and they may not always hear it. And depending on what you're talking about, if you have too many good things going together, they aren't going to hear it all. And even though you've told them, you, 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 maybe you can even tell me the day and the time when you told them. Okay, maybe you know, maybe they have to hear. It. They have to hear it more than once usually. And it's okay. It's it's okay to do this. You know, it seems that so much on our coaching program here, and and you know, on the radio as well as in practice, the word communication is just overly simplified. But it's probably the most complex word in the dictionary. It's just very difficult to communicate your thoughts exactly the way you'd like them done to somebody else sitting right across from you. Hearing you, hearing you, hearing every word, even if it's brief, it's very, very difficult. And, you know, it, it, it takes patience. It takes repetition. And don't be afraid to do that, you know, uh, with your team individually and, and as a group. Hey, I heard this before, boss. And, you know, well, you're going to hear it again because, right. quite frankly, I, I'm going to not only guess, but I'd be willing to bet that the team didn't hear it the way I wanted it done. You know, I'm pretty good, but I can't really communicate uh, exactly the way a good communicator would. But I am a good communicator. So what do we do? We go around in circles. So talk about it. It's okay. And as a leader, you know, you have to direct. You have to direct the group. And don't be afraid and be humble enough to say, look, I, you, you guys may have not heard this right. Let me try it again. It might be the eighth time. And if it's a, a big deal... You should be talking about it often. Well, I had put down a couple of words, and you had one of them, which is patience. I had patience and persistence, which is you know pretty similar to what you were saying, Jack. In terms of, it, it can be frustrating at times. And we've had numerous clients. You know, we, we had one just about six weeks ago. I mean, he was beside himself that some of his key team members couldn't articulate the vision and mission of the company. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've told him that and gone through this? And he, he, was, he was so disappointed by it. 
and we had to kind of calm down. But yeah, look, you know, that. it's uh, <clears throat> it's not that unusual. Part of the part of the challenge is with, when it comes to the communication. As the owner, you have a lot of things going through your mind, and as you fire things off, you're assuming people have it and it's kind of handed off to them. Well, they have a lot of things going through their mind as well because they're doing things day to day too. And a lot of things might be be related to the company. Things might be related to what's going on in their personal lives. But again, they have a lot of things going through their mind as well. So the the the, the idea of communicating it multiple times is very very key, especially for your for your key points. So things like where the company's you know where the company's going, how things are going to be working, you know what you want people doing to make sure that it's crystal clear. The best way we know how to make sure that it's crystal clear, to Jack's point earlier, is if you have people present it back to you. That's right. Because, you know. Presenting is so important. Well, it yeah. comes back to the, there's this phrase of active listening. And you know, what does that mean? Well, to me, active listening is always, you have to have people feed stuff back to you. Let me pause. Let me make sure you heard, that you just heard what I said. It doesn't necessarily need to be word for word, but I got to make sure you're capturing the essence of it. Because at times, you'd be amazed how, how often it happens where you think somebody's got you. And when they try to present it back to you, it, it just, it, it, it doesn't happen. And <clears throat> we had that a lot especially early on for our coaching where we would teach our clients how to understand their financial statements. And we were doing a little bit too much talking and not enough having them present to us. And we, we realized after a few missteps along the way where we thought, you know, after, you know, several months of kind of taking somebody through their financials that they got it because they were smiling and nodding and said, got it, got it, got it. But when we turned the paper to them and had them start to try to present, we realized, in fact, they didn't really they got it. They had no <laughs> idea. That's right. They had no idea how to how to express what was right in front of them, what, the, what we've been talking about with them for weeks. You know, it's vital for, for focus and efficiency uh, to have good, clear communication. And clear communication doesn't come by saying something once. Clear communication comes from from repeating it, actually repeating it probably in different words, different ways. Uh, you as the leader, here's what we want to do. You're expressing a goal. You're expressing some direction for the company. And how good are you? How good are you guys out there that, that basically are trying to direct your team? What do you do? Do you repeat it often time or do you get, uh, do you get uh, a little frustrated that you have to say it again? Uh, I, I'm, I'm claiming here at this point, you, can, you can't say it enough, especially if it's important. And that avoids a lot of trouble down the line, and it gives you a sense of accomplishment that basically uh, that's what you're after. That's, that's what you're trying to communicate, right? Well, we know, it, we, we know it very well from one of the things that we focus on with our clients all the time, which is the seven keys to success. And we know that almost every one of our clients couldn't get all seven. It certainly takes months, if not years, for them to kind of start to sink in. But most of them will get five or six of the seven, and they might miss that seventh one. And for Jack and I, it's, it's helping to, to reinforce that day in and day out with them to make sure they start to see things that way. And it's key for you to have certain key things that you have, have your client or not your clients, but have your, your team thinking about as well. So, all right, stick around. When we come back, we're going to be revealing the dirty secret of the week. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small businesses get unstuck from the state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM and 101.5 FM, as well as online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to 
the dirty secrets of small business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. That's most valuable player. That's a good way to think of it. We're business coaches, and we help owners of small companies get unstuck from the state of how. You know, you have millions of how questions. We've probably seen millions ourselves in our coaching plus our personal experiences in owning and, and running companies. You know, we would love to help you get unstuck from those state of from that state of how. All right, we're gonna be revealing and digging into our dirty secret of the week here in our next segment, which is the name of the show, The Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And if you'd like to be part of the show, you're always welcome. A couple ways to do that. One is you can get us live here in the studio from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern every Monday. And the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. That's 440-946-WINT. If you're a little too shy to be on the radio and want to give us uh, an email, you can do that. Who the heck is shy on wanting to come on the radio? What do you think, Adam? (laughs) What an easy thing that is. Could be shy, or you wanted to maybe get your <laughs> question down or your story down just such a way that you like to write it instead. Be perfect, yeah. So okay. you can you can shoot us an email at radio at maximumvp.com. You know, as we were saying before, in terms of communication, there's lots of ways to communicate. So the verbal and the you know people can call in and talk about it. They can do it in writing too, and uh, depends how they present it. You know, that passion and the feeling for it. So I bet you we got a lot of people out there right now. I have a bunch of how questions, and they're just wondering, hey, how do I say those? How just say it. Say it. Say it the way you're thinking of it. That's right. Let it flow. That's it. All right. Our dirty secret this week, and it'll probably come as no surprise to those owners out there, you're always working. No way. And we take grand vacations to Hawaii and, and uh, other <laughs> other places, east, west, north, and south, that, uh, yeah, we're always working. Now, if you aren't. I agree. If, well, if you aren't sure about that, why don't you ask your spouse? <laughs> I'm sure he or she will let you know that, yes, you are, in fact, always working. And we don't say it in terms of it being a bad thing. It's just understand that's how it is. That's right. It's a good, that's a very good way to put it. Because, it, you know, there's no on and off switch. We haven't been able to find where, where that's located in somebody's brain. And that means then there's, there, there's stimulation going on 24-7. And ideas for your business come at any given time. Taking a shower, taking a walk, working while you are working, uh, you know, going out to dinner with friends. You, you just never know when it hits you. You see something around you and it it hits you. I mean, that's the best way to, and, and you got to get it somehow filed so that you don't lose track of it. You're always working. Yeah, there's a, especially in common or a common challenge in, in, in today's day and age is this whole concept of work-life balance. And that's something that's been coined recently. It's probably the last couple of decades now that that, that whole phrase kind of came Seems out. Seems like more of a focus on it now. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, yeah, looking for that secret of how do I get paid without working? I mean, that's well, the ultimate. I, I, uh, I don't know if it's, if it's that. That's part of it. But part of it, too, seems to be, Jack, I mean, people maybe try to compartmentalize things. I remember we had a client uh, years ago, and, and, and she'd taken over for, for a family member who, who had passed away. And she'd worked at the company, and, and she talked about her days being in eight-hour chunks. You know, eight hours of working, eight hours kind of her personal time, eight mm-hmm. hours of sleep. You know, it was very, I say ro- robotic, but very structured that way, right? Well, one thing's for certain. When you own a company, there isn't that, there isn't that structure per se. 
So what might happen is you might be working for five or six hours, then you have a break where you have, you know, you have, you know, a kid's sporting event or you have something kind of going on where you're going to take a few hours, go over here and you come back and you work again for another three or four hours and you come back. The, to me, the, the whole idea of, of work-life balance is, you know, and we've had other clients joke about this, say, well, look, you can work 12 hours a day. You just pick which 12 hours it's going to be, you know, because it's going to, it's going to vary from, from, from time to time. Well, don't, don't you think people have always, always been trying to find a work-life balance? So, I'm trying to find a way to do it all, I think, is more. I, don't know if it's, I would call it a balancing. It's more it's trying to get it all done, right? If you have a job, it's pretty tough to do, isn't it? Yeah, because you, you don't control. You have that old mentality of, hey, you got to work from that you know, eight to five time frame. I got to see you. If I don't see you, you're not getting the work done versus let's focus on results and getting stuff done. Well, now you have technology that allows so much uh, remoteness, if you will, from the job site. And, and uh, what is the job site today? It's becoming more and Wherever more. Wherever I've got Wi-Fi, or I got, you know, I've got a connection no. to my data yeah. stream. Pretty so all, much, of, right? all of a sudden, work-life balance is being achieved versus trying to be planned and and implemented uh, with with precision and processes, and not that way. It's hey, you know, I don't mind getting up at three in the morning sometimes if I have to, and at the same time, if I'm going to work a two-hour day, sometimes that's okay too. To your point before, it's just getting the job done. Some some jobs have to be. Even I don't know. Not too many jobs have to be I mean, physically there. There's some still, yeah. but but it's not not nearly as prevalent as it used to be. I, I guess as I was thinking about this, Jack, I, I think a big part of this, and you know, I, I can relate to this, which is you look for those moments of peace and quiet, and it's usually very hard to find during the middle of the day. You know, so you need to have time to yourself to kind of get some of the planning done, get some of the stuff done that that you want to get done. So those often happen in the in the quote unquote off hours. Could be in the evenings. Could be on the weekends. We have so many clients and, and owners that look forward to those. You know, we, we had one client who was looking forward to spending some good time this past weekend over Thanksgiving weekend to dig through a bunch of his numbers for planning for next year. Looking forward to having time to be able to do that. It's funny, but Sound, very It sounds true. like he's, you know, he's yeah. got a disease, right, or he's a little off his rocker, but we fully understand that. Because you know, during the course of the day, you have so many things kind of fighting for your time or th- you know, things going on between your, your team, between customers, between vendors, or it might be that to, to have some, you know, to have a couple hours to yourself is very difficult to find during most days. So what do you call that? Well, to me, that's why it's why we say you're always working. You, 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 if you can find some of those times during the day, I think a lot of that work might get done more during, during normal quote unquote working hours, but it's hard to find because there's, there's, there's so many variables going on. It's hard, in, it's hard to find structurally. In other words, you can't yeah. plan on it. You no, try, try to stick in your calendar, but yeah, the, the phone yeah, rings. You can't, and you can't do it Stuff that happens. It, it, it's always on your mind, and you know your work identifies who you are. So that's a big part of this, too. You, know, you, you can't stop working. But you said it earlier, it's not a negative, it's not a negative uh, thing that you're... you're uh, you know, working, it's, it's positive if you love it. And if you do love it, then it's just a blend and you have to find time to satisfy other things, whatever those other things may be. And it's going to be disrupted, those other things, because it's a 24-7 job to take care of your business. Right. And like it or not, if you're successful with your business, it just becomes part of you. Yeah, it's not a burden. I mean, I, you know, I look forward to those, you know, times later in the evening when the kids have gone to bed and the, the wife often has too. I've got a few hours by myself of, you know, quiet time to get some stuff done that I couldn't during the rest of the day. And uh, 
again, it's it's very satisfying. It's not it's not a burden per se. It's you know, I I almost look forward to those times. Well, a lot of people it. feel guilty. They feel guilty you know, for working all the time. Well, that's it's a little bit different. Mentally, you can't turn it off. Physically, you can put yourself in different environments, but. You know, you certainly never should feel feel guilty about working, especially if you love it. And most small business owners, really, when you peel back that onion, they love what they're doing. Yeah. A big part, of, I think your point might be made earlier, Jack, I think the, the people, when you have a job, you don't have as much necessarily control over things like that. Whereas I think the owners, that's one of the, the, the big benefits is they can try to control their schedule a little bit in terms of trying to balance those things off. And again, they'll work you know, during the course of the day, different times, but they're going to also do a lot of the other things that they maybe couldn't do when they had a job for somebody else, whether it be heading off to some kids, you know, recital or going to a doctor appointment, whatever it might be, just, Hey, I'm going to get all this stuff in. I got 24 hours a day to get it done and I'll, you know, I'll get it done. (laughs) Right. It's one of those kind of things. That's a good way to approach your team too. keep that in mind that if you, you know, if you focus on the results, you have good people, they're gonna get stuff done. So don't be so worried about people being there from eight to five kind of time. Well, I love working. You're you're a great partner, Adam, and and that's why it's so pleasant. So no problem working all the time. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. <laughs> we come back. We're going to see what's been on Jack's mind with the how come part of our show here. I'm Adam Sunhalter, and I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and as we've been saying, you have how questions out there. Fire them into us because chances are very good. We've handled them before one way or another, and we can handle yours too. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We're business coaches. And we help owners of small companies, and that's you out there who we're talking to. We help you get unstuck from those states of how that you're in. Every day you have issues that you would love to have somebody to talk to about it. We're the people who could. Because we like, we like, we actually love our small business owner clients. And we help them get unstuck from thousands of how questions. They're not the only ones that have how questions out there. We do as well, and we ponder a lot of things in the world around us. And uh, many are connected to small business. Many aren't, but we can always make good good uh, analogies to small business. And uh, we're at that segment of our show here. Where we're going to dig into Jack's brain, the stuff he's been kind of pondering here for the last week or so. And he's going to phrase it starting with the question of how come, and it relates to something. So if you have your own how come questions, we always encourage you to kind of call in here. We're here in the, live in the studio every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. And the number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. That's 440-946-WINT. If you prefer to email it to us instead of calling in, you can do that at radio at maximumvp.com. All right, Jack. Very good. So what's been on your mind? What do you what do you have a how come for us today? What do you got? Okay. How come? How come people start businesses without understanding business? How come that is? Well, what the heck do I mean by that? Well, the, the, the consequences I can give you some, some information. I looked up the Small Business Administration site. 50% of small businesses fail within five years. 65% fail within 10 years. Now, those are pretty dismal results, don't you think? Now, why is this the case? How come? 
Well, people start businesses. There was 28 million small businesses in the world, or not in the world, in the United States. 28 million. And many of those people who start a business, they can do it. And and, and in several articles I've been reading, the American dream of owning your own house has been replaced by starting your own business. And it's becoming more and more popular today. And with the new president, hopefully it's going to be encouraged even more so. But so many business owners who start businesses really aren't prepared to do it. And so I I dug a little deeper here. You know, where do they get their advice? Where do people get their advice for starting up small businesses? And we define small as from 1 to 25 employees. The revenues don't make any difference. And certainly in startups, revenues are you're scratching and clawing like a cat. Uh, Well, I won't go into it. But uh, so where do they get so where do they get their advice from? As your question, excellent question. Adam. I bet it's free. Well, let me let me tell you where the source is. I right. did a little digging here in my pondering. Accountants provide sixty percent of the advice given to small business owners, and we got a lot of we got a lot of problems with that. But that's that's how it stacks up, and we also understand it. Other business owners provide 50%. This stuff doesn't necessarily add up to 100%. Uh, Other business owners provide 50% of the information necessary to start a business. Google, Google itself is contacted and and, uh, consulted for 15% of advisory services. That's how people are looking for, for information. Bankers, 10%. Friends and family, God bless their souls, extremely well-intentioned. Blogs, YouTube, online forums, books, all these things and many more are looked at and consulted when starting a business. You know, it surprised me, since we're business coaches, there's very little mention of using business coaches to help you start your business. Why are you surprised by that? Uh, I am surprised because... We've been doing this for 15 years, and we've consulted many, many people. I mean, I know it exists, but I'm still surprised that it hasn't it hasn't taken on more. And it shows you how how long new things take to. Let me let me give you a play. flashback. This is back in our early days, and we had a we were at a a a friend of ours was speaking at a lunch of some very young. It was a young group. It was like a 20. 20-something group. Maybe it was 30 under 30 kind of group, whatever it was. But it was for some young professionals, right? And so we got invited to this lunch. Uh, I was in the age group at that point. Jack wasn't. But we got invited because we, we, knew, we knew the speaker. Wait a minute. You remember what I'm talking about here, right? <laughs> so we had a couple of very young, bright bright ladies who were working for a company at this point. They'd been working for maybe five years. They're both probably about 27 years old. And they had this idea of starting a company. So Jack, in his wisdom, was trying to give them some good guidance and advice. And they couldn't have thought you were more full of crap than anybody else in terms of, what do you mean? Like, you know, we know what we're doing. We have it all figured out. We've read about this and studied this. and we Okay, so you kind of shook your head and said, okay, okay. Go, go about your, your <laughs> me, ways here. That's right. <laughs> Let me enjoy my dessert. You guys, you know, you, you ladies keep on doing what you're doing, right? So they didn't know. They don't know what they don't know from a startup standpoint, especially at that age. That's the big. That's the that's the big cause. You don't know what you don't know, and you can start a business relatively easy, relatively inexpensively. And hey, all I got to do, I got a great idea. This this uh, new gizmo that I'm 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 working on. I know six people, friends and family. Six mm-hmm. people told me it's a great idea. 
I know I could sell a million of them. So I'm going to start a business. Hey, I probably got to get a patent. I got to talk to a lawyer. I got to do all these kind of, uh, let me correct my word here, all these silly things that, that uh, <laughs> you may need somewhere down the line, but certainly not in starting up. Right. Versus what? Versus getting your first sale. Getting your first sale. Get somebody Get somebody outside of family and friends who are always going to be encouraging in that sense. Hey, this is a great idea, Adam. Well, you know, I walk away from you, and now what are you going to do? Well, before you get your first sale, maybe you want to see if you can give it away. If you can't give it away, certainly nobody's going to pay for it, right? That's, a, that's an excellent test, you know. But people understanding business, what is business? We'll ask people, and people will ask you, especially you small business owners. They're going to ask you, hey, tell me about your business. What do you say? They'll talk about their product. They'll talk about their service. Then where do they go? They don't know how generally, and I'm going to say 90% of the small business owners can't really present their company and what it does very well to whoever they're talking to. And it's not easy. It takes little practice. And it's much more than just the product or service that you provide. Well, to be fair, they've never really been asked that before. I mean, now, if you go for a, a bank loan, you know, chances are you're going to meet with the banker for a little while and they give you a pile of paperwork to fill out. And uh, quite often you can pass off some of that paperwork to your, you mentioned accountants or attorneys or somebody else or insurance agent to fill some of those things out. And so to actually have to present yourself, Gee. I guess most of them have never even been asked that question. So when you, if they're trying to ponder that, well, how would I present? They aren't sure. Well, there's, you know, we've seen it uh, hundreds of times in our in our experience here. They don't know how to present. They don't know how to start, but yet they've been running a company for years. So what does that say? What does that say to the person starting a company? Going back to they don't know what they don't know. Well, I'm smarter than they are, Jack. I got, you know, I've had a chance to present in big corporations and, and figure all that stuff out. So now we how, can, how hard can it be to do it we in a can, small We company? can loop back to why so many of them fail within five or three years or ten years. They don't basically know what they're doing. And they got to learn it by usually pumping in their own money or borrowed money from family and friends. And that money runs out pretty quick for the most part. Now what do well, I do? Well, let's well. define failure because failure sounds like tragic. Like here you are flying a plane and then crash or something like that. Not necessarily that's that one way. one form of failure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's often more so the case, at least with what we've seen from our experience, it's people that they had a job, and that job they were making a certain amount of compensation. And they go off on their own, and they try as hard as they can, they can't get back to that same level of compensation. In fact, they, they can only get to a small fraction of that in the first several years. I'm going to guess a lot of that's in the first five years. That's hey, right. I was making 120000 bucks a year, Jack. I haven't been able to take more than forty out of this thing. What am I doing this for? Right. My my spouse is uh, hammering me every time I come home, you know? Yeah, this I've is, gone through savings. I've burned through my 401k, my IRA. We're burning through the kids' college fund. And all, you know, all I can do to walk to the door every night and ask me, hey, hey, did you get, you know, get more business today? Things going? And when are you going to go find a job? So my guess is that's out of 50% that fail in the first five years. I got to believe at least half, if not three quarters of those are related to something like that. Where oh, they you get know, their... it's going to happen. Journalists will write stories about these people and they'll say, uh, they, were, they, yes. they'll say they were undercapitalized. Undercapitalized, that's <laughs> right. So in other words, you have to have an endless money pit 
that basically allows you like to keep <laughs> losing money. And you don't even, many, many small business owners don't even understand if they're losing money or not. You're giving me flashbacks to my dot-com days, Jack. We were helping to raise money. People would get $100 million for any idea that had a dot-com after it. And, so the, and the, the idea of a burn rate. Burn rate. Doesn't that, that sound very good? It's a burn rate. How fast can you burn through cash? What's God, your burn I'm, rate? I'm, I'm going as great fast place as I be. can, Adam. 24 got hours a day. Got back there. Throwing, we're, th- we're throwing them. We can spend. We got. We got to spend more so we can go raise more. <laughs> right. We don't. We we teach our clients to have a profit plan, which converts into a cash flow projection. You got to run your business that way. Now, saying those words, you small business owners out there, how many of you have? a profit plan and a cash flow projection out for the next 90 days. How many of you have that and could present it with confidence? And more importantly, actually execute it. And our experience says... The silence is deafening, Jack. It is. Not a lot. Not a lot. How fast to learn? It depends. Everything. That's always the answer, right? It always depends. Yeah, but that's yeah. a vital vital couple of tools, a profit plan and a... In a cash flow, right, so they're so they're so, hold on. so they're going to CPAs for sixty percent of the advice. <laughs> they're probably talking to them about that now. One of our biggest beasts with the CPA community is that yeah. they don't well, help the, the owners understand that, right? Yeah, but that's that's right. So, and the, the business owner doesn't know how to quite frame the problem to his or her CPA. So the conversation all all of a sudden kind of gets a little technical and. Because we've talked to a number of CPAs who claim that their clients do know how to read their financial statements. And every mm-hmm. everyone we've tested, and there's been a good number of them, everyone we've tested, and that's testing the CPA's client, <laughs> didn't know how to read their financial statement. Many don't know what a financial statement is. You know, it's a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement and a statement of cash flow and retained earnings in the official way. Mm-hmm. How many people know that? But yet. They it's can Google the scorecard of their company. It's the scorecard, and they don't know. They don't know how to read their scorecard. They, they, they don't. <laughs> and then this will, we'll, we'll, we'll end it on this. So, if you're a CPA out there, how many times have you been asked by your clients, "How can I have to pay taxes when there's no cash in the bank?" <laughs> to help them understand the difference between profit and cash. That forty k that they're taking out, and they realize they got to pay now twelve grand in, in taxes against that. Where's that money coming from? Right? They don't know. All right. <clears throat> That was good, Jack. I like that one. All right. Good. Stay tuned. When you come back, we're going to help figure out how do you transform your business after 20 years. Hmm. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches. And we can help you read financial statements uh, anytime. You know, we'd love, to, we'd love to do that with you, plus much more. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at com. Pat O'Brien Chevrolet thanks those who dedicate their lives to keeping us safe, defending freedom, and the American way of life. Policemen, firemen, and the military, past and present, deserve our support and gratitude. At Pat O'Brien Chevrolet, we say God bless you and God bless America. There's nothing more beautiful than a tree full of red, orange, yellow, brown, and even a few green leaves. And there's nothing more frustrating than a lawn full of leaves, yelling at me to pick them up before being buried under the snow, devastating my perfect lawn. So I call George Ward and his crew for a fall cleanup better than I can do myself. With Wards, you stop working and stop worrying. Call 440-942-1912. No work, no worries. Wards. 
This Christmas, give the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. The Our Town and All Around Dining Directory. The yellow book that saves you green. Family, friends, and co-workers will appreciate you even more as they save thousands of dollars at restaurants, local wineries, golf, events, and much more. Pick up your 2017 Our Town and All Around Dining Directory at Discount Drug Mart locations or online at OurTownAndAllAround.com. Smarter? Yes, smarter. Let's get smarter together. Wednesday nights here on 1330 AM and 101.5 FM WINT for Tech Talk 2020 with Sanjay Parker, where you will learn about technology that will enhance your life. That's Tech Talk 2020 with Sanjay Parker, where we will get smarter together. Yeah, smarter. Laura Kepley, Artistic Director at Cleveland Playhouse. Our season wouldn't be complete without a Christmas story. He's back. One boy, one holiday wish, and a world that seems to be conspiring to make certain it doesn't come true. The record-breaking show returns to the Cleveland Playhouse stage in all its pink bunny suit, triple dog-daring glory. The reason a Christmas story still has such a huge appeal is it takes us back to our own childhood. For tickets to A Christmas Story, call 216-241-6000 or clevelandplayhouse.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We're business coaches, and we can help you get unstuck. Unstuck. Like quicksand. Unstuck from quicksand. From that state of how rather than quicksand, it's going to be... How questions? We can help you get unstuck from those. That's right. And we're at the point of our show here. We're going to share a, a client success story here. And the, the theme for this one is how do you transform your business after 20 years? Wow. And a couple of things I want to remind folks of. When we talk about small business, we're talking anywhere from 1 to 25 employees. That's typically the size of our clients. And we focus on the seven keys to success. And if you're in front of a computer or you're going to be, be near one sometime soon, you can go to our website MaximumVP.com. There's a link there, a menu item called the MVP Playbook. And one of the, the items underneath there is called the Seven Keys to Success. Nice little graphic that's there that you can download to your computer or you can print it off if you're kind of person who likes to print stuff off as well. It gives a nice visual to it. But uh, for this particular case, the first one and the second one, the vision and the profit plan, were very, very key in order to transform a business after 20 years. So let me paint the picture before you real quick. So this was a client, like I said, we'd come to know him after he'd been in business for a couple of decades. And the industry that, 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 that they were serving was going through some dramatic changes due to technology. Imagine that, right? I'm sure many of you listening today can, can, can really fathom that. And the, the choice he had, you know, he'd been go, doing well for the first, you know, out of those 20 years when he, he had probably 15 or 18 years that were very good. The last couple of things started to kind of get a bit tough. I'm still trying to think of who this is. That's right. And so <laughs> when, you, when you're faced with that, it's almost like going through a total restart of the business. Very, very challenging. Because here you are looking at that. You feel like you, you, you made it to the top of the mountain, and all of a sudden you look up and there's more places to climb. And you can't stay where you are. And so this client decided to take that very tough choice of reinventing the business. And in order to do that, he had to reinvest in the business and really to kind of prepare the company for the next decade plus. So when I say investing in the business, he started cutting into profits that were being drawn out for him to be able to put into his pockets. So in this particular case, as you know, it was a company that was in the publishing industry. Oh, okay. 
I'm gonna help Jack here figure who it is, Thank so he you. can yeah, follow I along. A hint. He's, I'm getting those squirrely, yeah, I help him out a little squirrely bit. Squirrely looks. Like, so what are we talking about here? So a big Got change, it. a big change for them was <laughs> to go from thinking about, hey, we're people that produce books, to people who produce content. And I know content's a big, big buzzword these days. Content, content, content. Well, they've been providing content for years. It happened to be in the form of published physical books, but things were changing, especially when it comes to the classrooms. And a lot of technology was coming to bear. So having electronic books, and at the point where he was starting to make this transition, it wasn't quite sure what was going to happen yet. This is right as you know things like you know the iPads and the readers are starting to you know come on board. Technology coming into the classroom in a big way for the first time. So he had to place multiple bets in terms of trying to find different ways to well, deliver right. and, and and put his content into play. That's right. That that's our coaching challenge with them. I remember it well. Oh, we have a number of those. You know, times are are changing right now so fast with technology and culture that uh, much of what we do are dealing with small business owners who are trying to figure it out and transform exactly what the, the title of this little success story is. Right. Yeah. So to try to figure that out, on your own is very difficult to do. Lots so, of all questions. There. Yeah, Boy, that's for sure. I'm sure you can imagine in, in the publishing. You know, when it comes to um, school publishing, there are some pretty good sized players in that. You know, billions and billions in terms of uh, revenues and profits that are out there versus uh, you know this little company that had, had a nice little niche. So to go to compete against some of those folks is very very daunting, very very tough, but it's certainly very very doable. One of the beauties of being a small company is you can be much more nimble. And and fail faster. Failing fast is is a good thing when you're trying to transform things to figure out what doesn't quite work as well. But it's tough. Again, you, you know, you picture yourself if you if you've been in business for a while, maybe, maybe 15, 20, 30 years, you've gotten to a certain state, a certain certain comfort level. You know, you're, you're you're used to making a certain amount of money, you're pulling a certain amount of money out of the business, or, or certain things that are there. Having to now not take as much of those things or oh, have to reinvest is very difficult. So, so daunting, yeah. And I I know those how questions are, are there with our many of our clients listening to us today. They don't know how to start. How do I take that, that 15, 20-year-old, 20 20-year-old 20 drive, not drive, but development to get my business to where it's at? How do I now change to something else? How do I make sense of this technology and the cultural change? How do I do that? Very, very difficult to try to do that alone. And many don't. And, you know, they, they tend to fold up the tent or things start to turn negative in a big way. And, and it's unfortunate because it doesn't have to happen. There's no guarantee that the business you start today is going to last for millions of years. <laughs> Just doesn't happen. In fact, you'd be hard pressed to find many companies uh, are, are around today in this country that have been more than 100 years old. It just doesn't happen. Very, very difficult. Very rare. That's right. In the prior segment, Jack is talking about the failure rates of startups. Well, if you look at a transition stage, only about one in three go from the first generation to the second generation. Correct. Okay? Correct. And then it's another 20% of those then survive to the third generation. So, you know, even if you get to third generation, you're talking, what, 50 years? And that's maybe one in five companies, maybe, that are able to and be able to do that. And it's, even many of those companies, they've changed themselves. They sure. may not have changed the name of the company, but they, they certainly have changed over the decades to providing a new product or service with a, you know, a, a whole new emphasis. Certainly nothing that was there when they started. 
other than the name of the company. Totally a transformation. That's right. That was the case for this for, for this client as well. And you know, it took a better part of five years of reinvesting and revamping and looking at the company differently. It started though with I mentioned that to, to see themselves as a content company helped early on to get that frame of reference down yeah. to where they could start to see themselves differently. Because that opened up doors versus being constricted with the old way of thinking, hey, we have to get something where it's going to be physically yeah, published in right. a book. You know? You're absolutely right. So it's very key to get that framework down. That's why the, the, the vision was very, very key. The profit plan was key as well because you got to show that you can make money doing this stuff. And so he had a combination of, again, you know, taking some of the profits to reinvest it, but also taking some money from the banks to be able to put into this and make an investment in it as well. And after five years, got the thing on course again to where it's teed up for the foreseeable future to to do very, very well. And now it has a chance to be now turned over to the next generation. Because at this point, he's 30 plus years into the company and he's ready to kind of be, be, be ready to eventually hand that's it over good, to the next that's generation. That's a good story. He's a good story. Yeah. And but it's, it's, it's tough. It's very tough to do. And if you're going through something like that, or you think you might be going through something like that, it's great to reach out to somebody like, like Maximum Value Partners or other folks who you know, because coaches can help you a lot to help you work through these things. Because it's very difficult to do it on your own. And, and not have some outside influences from that standpoint coming into it. And it does have to be somebody who has an expert in that industry. As a matter of fact, it may be better if they're not because they can see things yeah, you, you totally raise differently. You objective questions. Yeah, business is business. It just applies to a different, you know, the, the rules apply to a different product or service. That's what changes. That's right. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You're invited to tune in every Monday from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern. If you have questions between now and then, please shoot us an email at radio at MaximumVP.com. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash MaximumVP or give us a call 877-849-0670. Okay, you know, we work hard to build long-term relationships, and we do a great job of it. Most of our clients have been with us for years, literally, because they progress up the ladder of success. And and we define success as growing sustainable profits. And if your company's transitioning, we can help you there. And I talked earlier about accountants being the, the, the prime source. Uh, business coaches, good business coaches, I have to qualify that, will help you more than anybody. If you missed a part of this show or any of our other shows, you can go check us out at iTunes and leave a leave a review there for us. Or you can go to the archive programs of WINTradio.com as well as TuneIn.com. Okay, learn more dirty secrets of small business next Monday at noon. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM and 101.5 FM and WINTradio.com.